What's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Vibes Hoops podcast. I am your host, Moon Vibes, joined with my co-host, Jalen Journalist. On episode two, got a lot in store for you. Ah, yes. Shout out to the lovely listeners out there that's listening on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Audible, and other podcast platforms. Also, shout out to the sponsors of Real Ones Productions. Uh, Couldn't do without y'all. Absolutely. On today's show, we got a lot in store for you. Diving into more of the fantasy basketball world. Real talk coming up in approximately 30 seconds to a minute. We also have Free Flow Fantasy Vibes, uh, five minutes on the clock. We're going to try to get as many questions asked to each other as possible. We also have Ride This Wave, where we're going to be giving you waiver wire pickups that you need to target. But the main entree today is going to be players that are overperforming and players that are underperforming um, so far this season. Now, all of that is in store for today on this episode of FV Hoops. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. And for real, if you like it, make sure you consider leaving a review. It greatly helps for the expansion of this podcast so we can get it out to as many pe- people as possible. Now, with that being said, I got Jalen coming up first because you already know what time it is, bro. It's Real Talk, sponsored by Real Ones Productions. Say it with your chest, Jalen. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Say it with my chest. I'm going to quit fading uh, rookies. I, I, like, I didn't draft the rookie this year just because I'm like, I don't know how they're going to come in. Uh, Scotty Barnes has been, well, he's arguably uh, the, the best rookie in this class next to who? Evan Mobley. Um, faded him also because I didn't know how much opportunity he was going to get with Jared Allen and Larry Marketing just both signing. They're both big men. Uh, and you also got Jalen Green, who, I mean, at times in the fantasy, he's played well. At times in the fantasy, he's played bad. Kate Cunningham, who since coming back, has played bad besides two games against the Nets and last night against the Rockets. Oh, you also got Chris Duarte. That man has been balling. Nobody really suspected this out of him. I didn't really, I mean, I thought he was going to be a good player. I didn't really suspect him to be this good in fantasy or IRL basketball already. But, I mean, he's only had like a couple of 40-point, 50-point games already this season. And, hey, I didn't pick him. Uh, Steezy actually has him in our league, Moon. And he only picked him because he's an Oregon Duck. So, yep. it's like, <laughs> he didn't really pick him knowing that he was going to pop off in fantasy like this. I'm going to quit avoiding rookie players uh, all the time. Because I do the same thing in fantasy football. Do the same thing in fantasy basketball. Like, I just avoid rookie because I don't know how they're going to play their first season. Which, I mean, it makes sense in your head. But at the same time, it's like... Oh, when you see them performing, it's like they perform good. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, you know, th- th- then it comes to your mind, like, man, why didn't I draft them? Like, I already like them coming out of college. Why, like, why did I fade them? Mm-hmm. D- t- trust the process. Don't fade the process. I totally agree with that. You know, just to add on to your real talk. I agree with you. Just, just because, like, you have to be patient with some of them. Um, some of them have already, like, hit the ground running. Yeah, I I've had too many rookies this season where it's like, dang, I could have had I could have had Evan Mobley, didn't pick him up. I could have had Mo Wagner, didn't pick him up. I could have Chris Duarte, didn't pick him up. Like, it's crazy. Granted, my fantasy team is doing really good right now. Might be undefeated depending on how your brother plays this week because y'all plays everybody at the end of their week for some reason. Three and zero, you are two and one. Brad is on zero and three. The projection got him being on fourth into this week. Hopefully, he is on fourth just so I can trade with him. Steve's just three and zero. Oh. 
And KT looks to be two and two. The projections have him as two and two at the end of this week, but right now he's two and one. I think Steezy's friend is 0 3. <laughs> Brad is 0 3. My brother Kaleem and Ayende are both 1 and 2. And then you got um, one of the members of my uh, Twitch community, Jalen guy. He's 1 and 2 as, as well as Weez and Maul. So it's kind of weird <laughs> knowing that like we changed up the we changed up the seating and the 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 people in each conference, and we still got people that's at the bottom of the conference. That, <laughs> yeah. That <we> wasn't. <laughs> so but it's weird because like Brad was at the top of the conference last year. He's at the bottom right now, even though it's early in the season. Um, we we was at the bottom last year. Jamonte. He's he he bro. Jamonte is the most approved uh, GM right now. He's he's two and one. Remember last year he was just trading everybody. This man had Tyler Hero on his team about eighteen times throughout the season. Um, was dropping them, picking them back up. Like two Tyler Hero was getting passed around like a good boy. Yeah, two, two, two supers, two and one. But he's playing you right now. Um, you're projected at ninety five percent chance to win. Uh, you had two hundred thirteen points. He had seventy five. He had seventy three point fifty. Uh, two super. The verdict is not out on him yet. Like, I don't know if he's most improved or just, no, he, he got two wins. That's good because I think he only got what? Like, he only had like, what, two wins last year? He, I mean, mm-hmm. he has more. He had more wins right now than he, he more did like last, he did last year. year. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely some flip flopping, but, you know, I'm still, I'm happy to be at the top of the, at least the top part of the standings uh, right now, early in the league. Um, and we'll get more to this a little bit later in the show. Cause it's been some interesting things that's happened so far, and then just it's still early in the season. Real talk, say with my chest, I gotta talk about two things. I think that the pressure is falling down on KD more than anybody right now, um, because Harden has been so impacted by this rule change. I was watching the game the other night, and um, I think it was the Wizards game. Mistaken? Uh, they played. They might have played the Wizards. Who did they play last night? That? It was recently. It wasn't last night. It wasn't last. Oh, night. It wasn't last night. Because Katie um, had like thirty off of like eleven of twelve shooting, and they blew out Orlando. So like, it, yeah, they won by like almost thirty plus. So he they sat the starters, but it was a game earlier this week. I want to say it was Washington. Um, I, oh, I, wait, hold on. Was it Chicago? They played Chicago the first game of this. It could have been Chicago. It could have been Chicago. It was Chicago. I, I don't know why I thought Washington. Maybe I thought Red. Um, but it was at Chicago. I think. And um, this is the Ayo Sumo game where I, I said to myself, I was like, you know what? I got to pick up Ayo now because they're starting to give him minutes, especially with Pretty Patties, a.k.a. Patrick Williams, uh, dealing with what he's going through right now. And um, he's getting more minutes and getting involved in the rotation, which which I like. Um, and I'm sure Jalen likes it too. Now, I saw this game, and, and you know, Ayo was one of the sub-stories from the game. Um, just his energy, everything that he provided, just being a stat sheet stuffer. But... What I looked at was that, like, Harden, Harden is not, his game is being impacted the most when it comes to just pure um, physicality and driving, going downhill when you're attacking the basket, which is what's Harden known for. And then causing fouls when he does that little dip-through move, they're not calling that this year. 
it's almost like they're bullying him. It's like watching Longest Yard and Adam Sandler drives to the basket. And he basically is like elbow, and they just like that's a foul. And he's like, nah, that's not a foul. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think Trey Young was like, Trey Young was like, no, we're being targeted. Like, yeah, you're being, you're Trey Young is being targeted. Like James Harden is probably being targeted the most because he's been doing it for years and years and years. Um, he's kind of one that kind of popular popular. Realized it, uh, but like he's he definitely got target on his back to rest. Where it's like, no matter what, they probably not gonna call it a foul. Like, even if it is a foul, they're not gonna blow that whistle, yeah. They're not, and swallowing the whistle this year, and it's it's leading to a career low in field goal attempts. I mean, field goal attempts, it's almost like for James Harden to start the season, and then also free throw attempts. Uh, for players like Trey and James and uh, Dame and uh, a lot, I don't say a laundry list, but the top tier guys that we think of that are being affected most by these rules because you know they're normally superstars get the calls right, and mm-hmm. they don't they're not getting those calls anymore, so it's it, it has to affect them. Um, that's number one. Number two. Every single time Anthony Davis hits the floor, I always do this collective gasp for breath. And my brother talked to me the other night. He said, every time AD hits the floor, I always go immediately to sleeper and put him on a trade block. (laughs) 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 Because it's too risky. (laughs) It's too risky, bro. Every time he hits the floor. Please tell me you saw the other night where he, he, he played in the game. But like in the middle of the game, it was against it was against Charlotte. Um, he played in the game. At least I believe it was against Charlotte. Maybe it was against another team. But I'm pretty sure it was against Charlotte. He played in the game, and then like and then like uh, he he started playing in the game. Then like at like into the third first quarter or at halftime, he was like, "Oh, my stomach hurt. I'm out with uh, I'm out with an illness." Like I'm like, bro, what? I'm like, why are you even playing a game right now? Like, like, and I saw somebody say, I'm never, I'm never trust the Anthony Davis of fantasy again on Twitter. I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm gonna really you draft him. You can't now, Fanduel. That's a whole other thing. Like DraftKings, that's you're playing one game for one day. Like that's different than having somebody on your roster for the entire season unless you trade this player who every time he falls down or every time there's another report, it's basically like Anthony Davis is is a game-time decision every game. That's what Yeah, it it, it was the Portland game. He played seven minutes and then just... And I saw on my my Twitter notification, it was like, oh, oh, he's out with a stomach illness. I'm like, man, like, why did you even play seven minutes? Like, dang. (laughs) I could have played you another day. You you wanna you you wanna play seven minutes and say, oh yeah, my stomach hurt. I'm out. Just killing people's rosters. But the thing is, like the other day, they played that back to back set against the Rockets, and I can't remember if it was in game one or two, or probably it was game two because I, I know I watched the entirety of game two. Um, that was when Jalen Green hit that long three to make it at the end of the game. Everybody was talking about it, um, and then. Um, that was also the game where AD and Christian Wood, for some reason, got tangled up trying to get a rebound. Now, this is, this is, this is, you're like, okay, it's a tangle up rebound until AD falls backwards and his knees go back. 
and he's looking like he's playing Twister out there on the ground. And then all of a sudden, I look at my brother, and he's like, uh, he has a his mouth is dropped. I said, "Bro, what you about to do?" He said, "Go to sleeper, put this man on the tray." <laughs> every time, every time, bro. So I got to talk about that, and that's one of the things that I get into it as far as big softies, as far as the perception going around the NBA for the longest around if Anthony Davis is just like. He's soft. Like he's not going. He's not. He's going to make it throughout the entire season, and you're not going to be able to count on him when you need him the most, just because of durability. And you have that perception versus my next point, because this real talk today is kind of longer, because I haven't given y'all a. We haven't given y'all an episode in in a little bit of time. It's the to, it's the total opposite thing when you look at like. A player like Jokic, who is finesse, um, and you don't look at him as like a player like Joel Embiid, who's like a, a bruiser, or even like a, if you want to go like Kendrick Perkins type, uh, uh, Rasheed Wallace type, uh, Ben, uh, Ben, <laughs> Ben Wallace type players that's like bruisers. Uh, I'm just about to like bully my way, right? Yeah. We don't look at Jokic in that manner. We never have. Um, we look at Jokic as finesse. And the other night, <laughs> the Nuggets take on the Clippers. Oh, no, no, no. My bad. It's not the Clippers. Um, the Heat. Uh, the Heat. In the game, uh, which was it, it was, it was a feisty game to really begin with. Um, it seems like every Miami game is, is a feisty game. Um, as far as like, it's going to be lower scoring, at least. There's some outlier games, of course, like last night, the game, the overtime game with the Lakers. That's an outlier game to me um, as far as higher scoring. But, you know, Miami defensively wants to hold the score down. Um, this specific game, though, Marcus, uh, is it Marcus? Is, is it Marcus? It's uh, Markeith. Markeith. Okay, so Markeith Morris um, ends up, <laughs> hitting Jokic in a manner that's like you're trying him basically like you're like we know your perception Jokic you're fi- you're a finesse you're not physical if if there's been one thing where you can say about Jokic is that one way you can get to him is like if you just you know start being physical with him um now he cho- chooses to do like a cheap shot and they always say well they're always gonna get the second person that does the uh <laughs> that escalate. They're not going to get the escalator. They're going to get the person that's like the escalated in my person, in my opinion. The part, the second one. They get Jokic after he charges after Markeith and literally uh, like makes his head snap because he hits him. And then benches break out. Then you got Jimmy Butler talking about bring your ass to the back, <laughs> bring your ass to the back, and all that. And now I'm sitting there looking at my my uh. PC watching the game and I'm like this this doesn't make any sense because there's people coming out and saying oh Jokic is a dirty player and I'm just like no he's not like that's not something that you can well, use against Jokic. Yeah, dirty, like uh like cuz cuz I honestly believe that 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 that, that Marky Morris he was just trying to take a like a foul that was oh we don't want you on a fast break type foul um and he did a little hard and then and then, and then Jokic I thought he overdid it a little bit uh I uh, just like ramming like I'm like okay like I get it but you're a person you're you're a human you have feelings 
because I was explaining in your chat uh, when you were live streaming, I was like, you know, they they both were in the wrong. I think Jokic was more in the wrong, but they both were in the wrong. The last person is going to be like feels like they're going to be more in the wrong than the first one is. Yeah, I mean, I I, I mean, because Marquise Morris definitely started it, but uh, I think Jokic kind of he maybe a little bit overdid it because like he, that damn near uh, hit sticked him. Uh, I'm like, dang, Jokic, why'd you do that? Jokic saw red and turned into Ray Lewis, like. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, day. I'm like, day. Jokic, like, I, I, I know Jokic get mad because he doesn't get the calls. He, he, uh, he probably deserves. Like, because some players do be fouling him, and he just doesn't. And and the refs be like, oh no, you're big, you can handle it. Um, so right. like, yeah, so, so which is why you can see him complain to refs so much, which sometimes does get on my nerves. Uh, because like, bro, just get back on defense. You don't got time to be complaining to the refs. But I didn't totally like how he handled that situation. I was just like, uh. Like you know, you could you you maybe should have just just threw the ball at him, uh, or even like just push him maybe a little bit lighter. You you do you, you didn't have to like f- fully hit stick him. Um, see, but yeah, they both were in the wrong. See, I agree with you that they both were in the wrong. But however, if I say like which like me liking it or not liking it for Jokic and his perception, I like it because up until this point, at least to me in my eyes, um. And what I've seen um, from the media or the narrative that people want to play, whether it's in the Twitter sphere or whether it's just people that I talk to, Jokic has always just been the finesse guy. And that kind of comes with people thinking that you soft and him doing that to a player that has a reputation throughout the league, that he's a tough, uh, not only a tough competitor, but if he going up against him, he's going to be like in your in your mug the whole game like uh, the, the Morris brothers um they they have that um toughness for him to do that to him that shows that like oh dang all right so if i'm looking at it from like a bigger picture i'm like okay i'm not going to say that it's going to stop it might you might have people that start trying Jokic even more um, however, it make I like the fact that he stood up for himself. If if Mark if Marquise Morris did that to him and he didn't do anything, then it and like okay, just turn the other cheek type vibes. Then I, it would have just been feeding into this, and then I think that it would only gotten worse for Jokic because they would have been like, oh, he's not gonna do nothing. It's just a big teddy bear out there, you know, like. He he doesn't he doesn't really show a lot of expression. He doesn't you know uh, at least when he's trying to complain about a call and he's not getting back on defense or whatever. He he's not like that bruiser or physically intimidating force. But what he is is a player that is an archetype that we don't think we've really seen before, and one of the best centers in the game that just happens to have a narrative that he's slightly on the softer side. Um, so just like AD in another way, it's like two totally different things. But the narratives, last but not least, for this real talk, it's starting to feel like it might not have happened last night because he kind of underwhelmed. But at least in daily fantasy, it's starting to think like anytime the Bucks play and you have a chance to build a FanDuel lineup, at least from the public's perception, I've been seeing a lot of lineups featuring Giannis Antetokounmpo. In their lineups, because I mean, he has the most fantasy points per minute that you can hope for in the entire NBA. He is a uh, basically a bona fide sixty piece at this point. Um, 
he is definitely a core player that you have to look at with serious consideration to spend that high price money um, to see if he can go four, maybe even five times the value um, that you're going to get when you're paying like 10000 11000 on FanDuel for a Giannis. So that's the last thing that I had to say as far as real talk because um. it's... It's like Giannis is a cheat code when it comes to uh, daily fantasy. And I see oh, yeah. so many people winning money based on just having all these role players that are good, but they just have a game and then just stuff in line, Giannis in their lineup. So to be devil's advocate or angel's advocate, however you choose to look at it, um, I've been going against the green. And I've had to start coming against, you know, coming and saying to myself, hey, Moon, you need to try something different and maybe um, start looking at it in another way. And I'm going to talk more about this in Daily Fantasy when we get to that later in the show. But Giannis is one of the most guaranteed options when it comes to fantasy points per minute. And when you're trying to build a fantasy lineup, at least for the nine player salary cap uh, on on FanDuel, then he's every time he plays, he should be in high consideration for you to spend your money on. Put it to you like this: if you got sixty thousand that you got to spend, you might as well go into it thinking, "Well, I only have fifty thousand because I got to spend ten on Giannis." So, anything you want to add to this real talk, Jalen? Before um, we pass it on to the next segment. Yeah, I don't like the way that 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 both brothers, uh, that Morris and Jokic uh, situation, handle each other. Like, like, come on, Marcus, we know you're not gonna do nothing. You probably just gonna talk to Jokic, be like, "Oh, you better not do that to my brother again." Blah blah blah. And uh, the Jokic brothers, uh, as as y'all are known on Twitter, uh, y'all not gonna do nothing either. Like, just please stop it. Y'all over there talking on Twitter, y'all not gonna do anything to each other. Real talk. Say it with your chest. <laughs> Coming up next, uh, we're going to get into the next part of the show. And uh, before we do, this podcast is sponsored by Real Ones Productions. Uh, thank you to all the listeners on all platforms. And um, tell a friend to tell a friend to check out Fantasy Vibes Hoops. Jalen, Jalen, Jalen. It's that time of the show. It is Free Flow Fantasy Vibes, and for those who are new now tuning in or new listeners, uh, this is a segment where we put five minutes on the clock, and uh, we go um, ask each other questions that we have, rapid fire type, back and forth, and we try to get different answers, and um, you should sit back and enjoy yourself first and foremost, but secondly, um, keep up because it's going gonna, it's gonna to go pretty fast, so I'm about to set the timer right now, Jalen. Uh, I think you should go first. All right, cool. I'm about to start the clock right now. All right, so last night we got a chance to see the uh, Kate Cunningham versus Jalen Green, Pistons versus Rockets. What did you? What were your takeaways from that game? Uh, Kate Cunningham versus Jalen Green. You kind of saw like like things like they kind of went back and forth at times. Uh, you saw Jalen Green dunk and then talk trash to Kate Cunningham after Jalen Green didn't score a point. Fun fact. Uh, also, Jalen Green fans don't come at don't come at me for that. Like I like Jalen Green, but you know he he just didn't score a point after he talked trash to K Cunningham after that. Uh, th- they both kind of settled into the game. Jalen Green took a little bit more tested shots than I would like. K Cunningham played played decently well. Daniel House just tried to dunk on Isaiah Stewart twice. 
And also, Isaiah Stewart only had like two points, four points last night in like five fouls. So it was good. Some takeaways were just, it was just like at times where it was an ugly game for some players, good game for some players. Uh, but the two rookies in that, and well, the two more important rookies in that uh, game bought out. Uh, but Kate Cunningham and the Pistons ended up with the win. I was just reading a, a, a report that said Chicago Bulls center Nikola Vucevic, I should say Jokic, um, Nikola Vucevic entered health and safety health and safety protocol. So he's probably gonna be out for a little bit. Uh, more likely for at least he's gonna miss at least some of what next week. That's tough. Prayers up to him. And hopefully he can make it through protocol faster. Let's just be honest, Jalen. He hasn't been playing well this season. Um, he hasn't, but he he's had a he's had a decent fancy year. Um, but on the course, like he hasn't really played well. His ass doesn't jump like like I saw Bulls fans be like, um, um, is Vucevic gonna contest any shots this season? Because he nope. just doesn't jump at shots. <laughs> My question for you is how hard is it managing your 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 DFS money in the lineups when, when creating lineup. All right, so I learned over the course of time. Now I have only been playing fantasy DFS for basketball. This is my first year. I've been betting pretty much every night um, for all of these games I have played so far this season, um, putting out different lineups. Now, how hard is it to manage your money? Uh, it. It is hard, but that's only if you're basing basing your roster construction off of salary cap. So, like, if you're going into the position saying that, like, perfect example, last night with Lonzo, I knew that Lonzo's price was 5600 and I was desperately trying to get him into my lineup. I would prefer, I would have preferred Lonzo in my lineup over uh, Jalen Green. But because of the the early start time for the Pistons and the Houston Rockets, and I got caught, I had to hurry up and get the submission in. I ended up going Jalen Green first because Lonzo is only based at point guard. Um, his position only for FanDuel is point guard. I can't put him at a shooting guard spot. Uh-huh. Even though you have two uh, two of them. So I was trying to move the money around like, okay, who is a point guard that has a shooting guard label two? Kate fit in that. Kate, uh, to give you more perspective, Kate's price was like a Kate's price was like forty forty eight and Jalen Green's was like forty nine. Like they were like right next to each other. Like Lonzo was fifty five point six. So it's tough, but I've been shifting away from the mentality of let me get these players at the salaries because the salaries are constantly moving. Every day they're shifting. I just want to get quality. If I see somebody that's like quality, I'm not about to pass them up. Um, but last night, it's tough because you have to like to start different start times, um, especially if you're playing early. And I think going into DFS with just a fantasy, I guess, mindset of, hey, let me just fit these players just because they all make sense as far as money, but don't make sense as value. That's where you can go wrong and where I've gone wrong sometimes. So far, the early start the season. So, yeah, our five minutes just ran out that fast. <laughs> we might have to do another five, <laughs> another five for that. But, yeah, hopefully I answered your question for that one. Yeah, because because it's like it's harder, like just just managing like a daily fantasy uh, basketball lineup. Because I can give you insight on it from last night. 
So the highest scorer on the slate was Anthony Edwards last night. He had 7.8 times the value. His price was 7900 7, So, listen, he had 30, 32, uh, no, 48 points, but he had 30, uh, 16 field goals. So that alone in itself gave you 32 points by itself in FanDuel. Second highest scorer was Russell Westbrook. And out of nowhere, I actually had him in my lineup. I had Westbrook and Nikhil Alexander-Walker last night. Oh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker did work last night. 33 points, 4 assists, 10 rebounds, 2 steals, 1 block. I had him in my lineup. He had 10.3 times the value. And his price was only like 5,800. Yeah, it's 5,800. And that's where I, like, that's where the, the difference came, Jalen, because I was like, if Lonzo, I know he's going to have himself a great game today. I just felt it. The matchup looked like it would be great um, for him. Well, it looked like it would be good, not necessarily great. But I, I just thought that they were going to have to push the pace and he was going to have to get a lot of assists early. And, and I know he was going to get his fair share of rebounds. The scoring, I didn't expect him to sh- make all the three-pointers that he did um, in a row at least. But he like his price was at fifty six and the kill Alexander Walker's is at fifty eight. Like I'm in a situation right now where I gotta like on the fly, who not necessarily a fly, based on all the data that I have, um, that I've accumulated, make that decision like, okay, do I go with Lonzo at five six or in the kill Alexander Walker at five five uh what was he at? Five eight at shooting guard. When I know that shooting guard is not as deep tonight, when I gotta think about starting Will Barton, who actually had himself a good game last night, um, so it's just it's just it's more things to worry about, and that's why I'm happy. But in last night's lineup, since I since I talked about it, last night's lineup, I actually won some money. Jalen asked me last night. I talked to him. I said, Jalen, I got a good chance of winning some money. He said. You 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 want to make win over fifteen dollars? I said yeah yeah. At that point, I was only at like nine, but I just made over fifteen dollars. I made sixteen dollars last night. Okay, and that's cool. So I'm happy about it, especially since the entry. I joined the four hundred thousand dollar contest last night, and my entry finished as five hundred and twenty second out of ninety five thousand two hundred and thirty eight. So. If that's not something I can be happy about, I don't know what is. Um, especially since the majority of the players that are that bet it last night, at least in this slate um, of games, they're like highly experienced players with over like I've been looking at it, highly experienced players all up and down it, and I've only been doing it for about a couple of weeks now. So I'm starting to feel my groove. Um, my entry, um, the winning entry was. Ricky Rubio, who had 36.5 on FanDuel last night. Damian Lillard, 44.9. He had 28.7-7. Will Barton, who had 45.7. He had 30 points, 3 assists, 6 rebounds. This player, he had Russell Westbrook, had 61 points. uh, Not real-life points, fantasy points. Uh, Anthony Edwards had 61 fantasy points. Nikhil Alexander-Walker had 60 fantasy points. Keldon Johnson had 40 Frank Kaminsky had 45, and Miles Turner had 37. That was the winning lineup who ended up winning $70,000. But he played the lineup twice, so he really won $140,000. My lineup, 
I got 384 points. The winning lineup was 433. So I wasn't too far off. I was definitely in the winning percentile, though. Um, and I was pretty much in the green all night. My lineup, I had Jalen Green, who had 30 points. I had John Morant, who had 58.4 on the night where he went off in the first quarter, but only had two points in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Still finished with 32, 8, and 7 with three steals, three turnovers. I had Rush with the 60-piece. He had 61. Nikhil Alexander-Walker with 60. Uh, Gordon Hayward, 36.5. I had Thaddeus Young as well. With 40, he gave me 17, 8, and 5 with a block and a steal. I had Evan Mobley in the early game as well as Jared Allen. And they, Jared Allen gave me 39 and Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley gave me 31. And But where my lineup construction and the time and all of that caught me was um, I actually, I was trying to make space on my roster to try to get Will Barton or Lonzo, and I ran out of time, and I got stuck with uh, Tim Hardaway. He ended up giving me 27.6, but that's where my lineup, where I say if I had one player that missed, it was probably Tim Hardaway with 27. Yo, Sleeper, when you going to sponsor us, bro? <laughs> I, should, I should ask that in a different way. Sleeper, consider sponsoring the good guys at Fantasy Vibes Hoops and just put that out there in the atmosphere. Jalen, who are some players to you that are underperforming this season? Underperforming? How about uh, this? You name one, I can name one. You name one, I name one. Oh, Damian Lillard. As far as fantasy wise and on a on 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 a court wise, now he's been better recently. Uh, but start out the season, he was a little bit slower. Uh, wasn't making as many shots. Was getting assists though. Uh, but. He hasn't really been too effective in fantasy uh, this year. Like, if you if you spend a first round pick on him and drafted him over like guys like Anthony Davis, who Anthony Davis has been balling, you know, every time he goes down, you know, you gas for air. Uh, if you draft him over Kevin Durant and some other players, it's like you might want that 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 pick back and draft those players. Even John Morant, like even though we clown easy about him, uh, drafted him at number six. John Morant has worked out, but. I will say, uh, Damian Lillard has underperformed, and some of that is due to his uh, his abdominal injury that I said that he, I guess he maybe re-aggravated uh, before the season started or something like that uh, that he had because he had he, he it happened in the USA uh, games in the Olympics. So Damian Lillard is really underperforming right now. All right, so my player. Now I'm going to talk about is a player that's actually on my own team. I don't doubt in him. I know he'll probably get it together. It's just an issue of when that actually takes place. Because coming into him, the reason why he, coming into the league, the reason why he fell in the draft is because of injury concerns. Um, specifically, back issues. Um, out of Missouri, uh, when Denver selected Michael Porter, we kind of had to wait and see what was happening now. Last year, we started to see flashes. And what was one of the reasons why I said to myself, you know, I'm going to take a chance and draft him, like, early. Uh, because I really think that it could pan out. Um, I'm, am I taking a huge risk? Yes, I am. Take him in, like, the third round. Um, right after I take Zion. Like, yes, it's, it's very, 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 very risky. Um, but... To say to say he's underwhelmed is it feels like an understatement, Jalen. Like Michael Porter 
um, for the Denver Nuggets has been. I don't even know. Well, how do you disappointing. disappointing in 29 minutes in the season? He's averaging 9.9, so 10 points, 6.6 rebounds, two assists, and one steal. Um, no blocks, basically, and only making one three a game. I drafted him mainly because I'm like, his defense is going to continue to evolve. If anything, that's the reason why he is not looked at as, I guess, seriously when it comes to one of the household names in the NBA is because he doesn't make nearly as an impact as he should make being at 6'11 on the defensive end. Um, but nobody can talk about him as being a sharpshooter or just flick at a wrist, easy money from the three-point range. And from the free throw line, he's efficient. Like, he's an efficient player. But when you only make it 1.13s a game when I'm expecting you to make at least four, this is not a good sign. And what the season kind of comes down to is this one play. Can't remember who it was against, but he ended up getting the steal. He didn't get the steal, but they passed it ahead to him on a breakaway opportunity for the Denver. He gets it, dribbles up the court. Um, I think it was against the Nets. It, not. it, it might have been Nets, but I believe I, I don't know why I think it was against the Mavericks. It, it was Ma- I was thinking Mavericks or Nets, one of them. Um, but in that game, he ended up going up for the layup in the most lazy way possible. And it's not contested. It's like, literally, it's just you in the room. And he misses it. Okay, you miss a layup. That's one thing. But I'm not going to sit here and debate with people whether or not he faked an injury or what. But literally... It looked like he pulled up and started walking in an awkward way as if he didn't want to face the embarrassment that he missed the layup. He blew it. So now I got to act like I I hurt my hamstring when I'm coming up the court on my on my quad when I'm coming up the court. That kind of like just embodies the season for Michael Porter Jr. so far. And he's one player that I'll say that's under underperformed. Who's another player for you, Jalen? Blake Griffin. Um, now I wasn't spe- suspecting Blake Griffin to be like this, this overly good player of fantasy, but I expect him to be a little bit more consistent on the court. Uh, as in, I mean, in our league, he's been in, in, in the red basically every time this season, besides like th- three, three amount of games. Um, uh, sorry, but uh, he, yeah, he's been in the red for most of the <laughs> of the games, and it's like. At times he just isn't there on the on the on the defensive end. He isn't like making much of an impact. He's not knocking down his shots. I believe he's only averaging like five point nine points per game. Uh he just is not what I really kind of expect. Like I like I expect him to be, you know, if, if he's your ninth guy on your team, seventh guy on your team, uh eighth guy on your team, you're not like too terribly mad. But I'm like, if I if he's that on my team now, I'm mad. Like, why are you why why are you even in my starting lineup? Um, I mean, he's only, he's only, he's shooting 32% from the field right now. And he's only making, he's only shooting 62% from, from, from the free throw range. So it's like, even though, even when you get free points, you're only making, you're only making 62% of your free throws. It's like, 
it's so annoying because I was expecting him to be like a better role player, especially with Jeff Green being out of the the, the Nets uh, rotation um, and him leaving New York. Like I expect him to be better, but the Blake Griffin just has been very, very, very underwhelming this season. Dang, Blake, sorry to have that happen like that. Um, the next player that I feel like I'm gonna talk about, and it's nothing personal, but and it's not that he's been. I, I I'm just gonna say it, Kevin Porter Jr. Um, he's currently ranked the number 27 shooting guard and 124th overall. Just outside the top 100. And I don't say just outside, but he's, he's a good little distance outside the top 100. 12.8 points, 4.1 rebounds, 5.2 assists, 1.3 steals, and a 4.5 turnovers a game. Shooting 1.7 uh, made threes a game. And uh, he has six, 68% field goal, uh, free throw percentage. And he's only hitting 36, 36% of his uh, field goals. That's the point where I have a problem with him. 36 point, 36% of your field goals, um, he's getting, he's on a downward slump right now as far as people that starting him, at least on sleeper, and his roster percentage, was, which was way higher to start the season, is now at a place where it is low, and very low, um, at least where I would expect it to be. So, I'm not, I'm not going to hammer it home because he's not, he hasn't been like, ridiculously bad but it's just been like yo is he just like that 40 that 50 piece performance that we saw from him last season like is that the kevin porter that we i keep hoping that i'm gonna see like every game and then only to realize that like he's just not like that on an explosiveness at least from explosiveness level on a consistent basis like his projections at least on sleeper um, the first week, 44, 37, and 37. His actual score, 12, 63, 18. <laughs> like, if that's not up and down, I don't know what it is. Next week, they play Dallas, Utah, and the Lakers. He has 36.5, 15, and 32 fantasy points. And I'm like, okay, where is it? It's up and down, up and down. Now, the next week, they take on the Lakers again. He has 41, uh, not fantasy points. Uh, Thursday, they take on Phoenix. He has 36. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is him getting it back into the rhythm, only for them to play Denver Saturday, and he gets you 10.5. And then Sunday, they play the Warriors. Slightly better game. He gets you 20, 25. Yesterday at Detroit, he had 33.5 fantasy points, and he scored 18 in the loss. But he went 4-11 from the field. He actually was better from the three-point line and better from the free throw line. Kind of around the same percentages that he already has. But the five turnovers, um, he had a few costly ones. And he shot 36 from the floor um, last night. 36% that is. He has a 23% usage rate. And that's appealing, and it's making me say why I should keep wanting him. But if you drafted him, I thought it was going to be way higher than that, um, especially with him running the point guard. Now, I know injuries has you know, something to do with it that he's been dealing with, um, but he he's, a valley, he's more of a value play in daily fantasy than he is if you actually have him rostered in a fantasy league. Um, so that's my 
player that's underwhelming. And maybe I'm saying that because I'm harsh on him because he's on my team. But that's just how I feel, my own personal opinion. Jalen, who's another player that's underwhelming to you? Uh, Jalen sucks as a. He's on the Magic, and I would have thought, you know, he's gonna get a lot more opportunity. He hasn't. I mean, I'd say he hasn't got opportunity because he has. I mean, he's played. He's played over twenty minutes per game each each game this this season. Um, I think the lowest minutes amount. He him like I just feel like you know he's been he's been underperforming, underwhelming. He's a superstar in fantasy basketball. I expect him to be a little bit more consistent. Uh, he's had he had fourteen fantasy points last night, eleven fantasy points the night before, twenty one point uh fifty fantasy points tonight, uh, or twenty twenty one point five fantasy points tonight. Uh, after that, I think the highest he scored in our league is like forty-two points. But it's like if you put that in ESPN scoring and Yahoo scoring, he probably only scored around what? Uh, probably scored around at most in ESPN probably about thirty-six, thirty-five uh, points. In Yahoo, that probably would have been around the same thing. Uh, it's like. He's just been kind of underperforming, underwhelming this season. I really suspect him to do more now. Some of that is due to Cole Anthony just being that good um, this season, and Mo Bamba being better, and Wendell Carter being better, and Archie Hampton improving. So it's like he has the opportunity. You also got Mo Wagner. Um, so I mean, he's he has the opportunity. Sometimes he just has the opportunity full times, which is some of the things. But he's just been underperforming. Um, but I mean, he's a rookie, so I think. I th- I think he's gonna come around by the end of the season, though. Those are all you have um, for the players that are underperforming so far. Um, players that we have our different facts and opinions about. Um, hopefully, they, they can get it turned around um, over the course of the season. And I'm pretty sure that there's players out there that we've missed. That we know we can't fit all of them in the league into the <laughs> segment. Now we transition and we go to players that are. Overperforming. <laughs> now, you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, I go first, and some of this is because he's on my team, so I like watch him a lot this season. Dejounte Murray. Uh, I was I was talking to Moon. I was like, man, I might draft Dejounte Murray, Keldon Johnson. Like, like uh, those are the only or or y'all can poke. I was like, those two players are more than likely gonna take the role that Rudy Gay and Demar Derozan left. I'm like. Some of them, some of those players on the Spurs are gonna have to pick up the scoring. Uh, I'm like, it might be Dejounte Murray, or Kelvin Johnson. I'm like, I don't know about Yakupoto, but it might be Kelvin Johnson or Dejounte Murray. I was like, in my head, I'm like, it's probably gonna be Dejounte Murray, and he has, and he's picked up not only scoring, he's picked up everything else. Like he averaged 18.4 points per game, but he's he's a mid range sniper right now. Uh, seven rebounds, eight assists, two steals. Like he gets it done on both ends of the court. Um, he's always been a good defender throughout his whole tenure as a Spur and when he was in college. Um, but he's kind of like taking on that role to where like I'm the number one guy on the Spurs, um, and I can be like a, at least put up number two points. Uh, you know if you know I I got him as my like fourth best player on my team. Um, but he he performs like he's you know the second best player on my team. Um, I'm gonna go with player that's on your actual team. Um, that has been playing well ever since he's come come back. Um, last game not so much, but um, this game or this season so far, he's averaging thirteen eight, really thirteen nine and three. 
Um, averaging almost a steal a game, two and a half blocks. So you know that's important for fantasy. Uh, Al Horford, who is about 44% from the field, averaging 1.1 made threes a game, and he's shooting 90% from the free throw line. Yes, you got that right, 90%. Some of his performances have been like, whoa. Like, um, it was last week, uh, the week of November 1st through the 7th, he had like, he, he had a Two back-to-back great games uh, where his projections was only supposed to give you like around the twenty-ish, thirty-ish range. He ended up booming, going for like forty, fifty uh, against Chicago, and then at Orlando, um, he kind of dipped off against Miami and Dallas in Week Three. Uh, but really, that stretch from the technically the week before when he first came and made his appearance uh against the two games against Washington Jalen where he had um two great performance on a Wednesday and a Saturday in week two we kind of looked like oh dang Horford making a big impact in the lineup but it's like nah that's not even where it began from the Friday night that he made his season debut technically I said oh man if they get him active and healthy like it's and if they play him with Robert Williams, he might just be like the most productive Celtic, um, and the most condis- um most consistent Celtic. Now I'll let the actual Celtics fan tell you if I'm tripping or if I'm actually spitting facts. But so far this season, he has been the most consistent Celtic, um, and, and, and fantasy and on the court at times, uh. I mean, he has the games where it's like a, but I mean, he's Al Horford, so he isn't like suspected to be like the Jason Tatum or Jalen Browns, where Arrow every night you got to score twenty and have at least two, have at least four assists and and six rebounds. Um, but he has been like, as far as like player wise, he's probably been the most consistent Celtic on the team. Absolutely, I'll go. I'll go again before I give you the um, the next player. I'll say an honorable mention is De'Aaron Fox because you, you caught it before the season started on the last episode that um, he was going to be uh, way better this year. And he's actually, at least in that same amount, as far as fantasy points put up this year, uh, De'Aaron Fox and Deontay, DeJounte Murray are like right there uh, with each other as far as 11th and 12th um, and in the season so far. Um, now... For my, I guess, overperformer, I'll go with a player that doesn't really get a lot of a lot of buzz, but still a big man. Um, at least in my eyes, uh, <laughs> a big man not because of his stature, but a big man just because I feel like he just plays big all the time, and I, I drafted him as well. But, bruh, Anthony Anthony Edwards has been like lights out so far 36 minutes a game 25.9 points per game 6.2 rebounds three and a half assists one and a half 1.6 steals a game he's taking he's making 3.4 threes a game shooting 43 percent from the field and i know he has 3.3 turnovers but he's a number two shooting guard in fantasy um number 27 overall at least on sleeper formats, and his roster percentage is nearly a lock as you can get at 91. And his starting percentage is going up. And last night, he probably had his best game of the season 48 points, 16 to 27 from the field. Uh, 
And he also had 9 for 12 from free throws, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and he did all of that in 42 minutes. 48 points in 42 minutes. Now, the to add context, Cat struggled last night, um, <laughs> but he picked up the slack. And not only his best scoring game of this season, but the best scoring game of his short career so far. I don't have I don't have too much to add on to it because I don't want to feel like I'm, you know, just overhyping it. But like this dude, this this kid is really, really, really good. And he's definitely overperforming my expectations of where I thought he was gonna be at. Um who is who is another overperformer for you, Jalen? Um, Miles Bridges. Coming into the season, I thought he was gonna be like like last year to where he was just oh thir- uh he where he has like a thirty point fantasy game this night and has a eighteen point fantasy game that night and then oh has a sixteen point fantasy game, then has a twenty eight point fantasy game, then has a forty point fantasy game, then has a has a eleven point fantasy game. Like like he was kinda like that player last year. I thought he's gonna be like that coming into the season, but he hasn't. <laughs> the dude's been arguably the second best player on the um Hornets this season. Yeah. I would yeah. even say first best, bro. Uh, and I know it might be a reach, but I would say first best just because I feel like if you who who would you say number one would be? I mean I think LaMelo would be like a, a easy answer. But times I mean LaMelo, uh as far as like I factor in like uh, I guess playmaking and ability and everything else he's able to do on the court. So if you're talking about fantasy purposes Bridges has been better than Melo. Oh um, yeah, but their prices oh. is crazy because Melo is probably still priced higher than Bridges. Yeah, I know they're different positions, at least like on Fanduel. But as far as value, um, at least for the pecking order for the Hornets is uh, for fantasy, it looks like it's Bridges, Melo, then it's like Hayward, then after that it's. Uh, Rozier, then Ubre, as far as how they're priced on FanDuel. Yeah, but this year he does like all he's doing like all around things better. He's passing the ball better, uh, getting being more active on the boards. I believe he's averaging three point five assists this season, averaging seven point five rebounds, twenty one point three points, um, one point eight steals, which is surprising to me. Shooting forty three percent from 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 the field, making two threes per game. He's been really. Well, he is an MVP candidate, of course, but it's like he's the MVP candidate on the Hornets. So he's taking that leap to where it's like, okay, you know, I'm a consistently good player this season. Um, he he's taking that leap to where last year it was just kind of like, uh, you're good sometimes, you're bad sometimes. But this season he's been good. It has like lots of people have been shocked by it. I'm like, I mean, I thought he's gonna be good coming out of Michigan State. I, I but I didn't know he was gonna be like this good this season. If listen here, he shouldn't be on the waiver wire in any of y'all leagues, but he definitely should be a waiver wire pickup if he is on the waiver wire. Another player that I have that's an overperformer this year, and I'm really kind of in love with these big men. Jonas Valanciunas, bro, his position is starting to become solidified when it comes to FanDuel and Daily Fantasy. And I've been staying there because I've just been playing it every night. And I've been seeing how his projections have been shifting from the beginning of the season. He had him like a little bit lower. They had him like in the 5,000 range. Now he's easily 7K, or maybe even going into 8K range now. And he's worth it. He's the number two rated center this season as far as fantasy points um, across different formats. That's scary. 
especially when you look at all the different centers in the league. And I think the number one center, if I'm not mistaken, Jalen, is what? Who, Jokic? Um, I mean, who, who else yeah. would it be? <laughs> who else would it be? <laughs> but he's the number two center, number seventh overall. If if you if we going back to our drafts and we just said if somebody would have picked Jonas Valanciunas in the first round, we probably would have looked at them and it was like, bro, what are you doing? Well, they're drunk, <laughs> they're tripping. They start. He knows he's a good player, but like first round. Well, right now, this man is averaging twenty points, fourteen rebounds, two two assists um, on the year, and he's even giving you a three pointer made. To say consistent, that's an understatement, and he's been. Uh, at a playing at an elite level, averaging a double double this season, and <laughs> look, he raised his his numbers from his career average. Um, his previous career average was thirteen points per game, nine point three rebounds per game. Now he's at twenty points and fourteen. Listen, in this ten game sample size that we've seen, Jonas Valanciunas has been superb. For fantasy, if you have him on your roster, and if you've been playing him consistently, um, whether no matter what platform you're on, sleeper, FanDuel for DFS, DraftKings, it doesn't matter. ESPN, he's been he's been saving you in this in early in the season, and you have to love Alan Tunis. Have to love him. I mean, I drafted him in like what the fourth, fifth round. No, I drafted Dejounte Dejounte Murray fifth uh, fourth round. I might draft the Valentino's fifth round man. and he's been amazing for me so far. When you talk about sample size matters, there's one person I know. Steve is listening to the show. There's one person that has 52 fantasy points in a one game sample size. That'll be up there with Ja. That's the boy Dylan Brooks. The <laughs> 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 it's been playing good. Yeah, um, I, 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 soon Dylan Brooks gonna be my starting lineup next week because Desmond Bain got me negative five fantasy points. Even though he has been, he would be on this list if 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 I got to see him with the full team. I know Dylan Brooks is gonna take away some of his productions. So is Kyle Anderson now. Like Dylan Brooks being back kind of hurts him now because like his fantasy production is probably gonna go a little bit down. But I got Dylan Brooks on my team, so I ain't worried about Desmond Bain falling down. Like you know, it's good. I got Dylan Brooks in the cut. Shoot, just ready to go. But another player I would say is Harrison Barnes. You know, he he's only an MVP candidate this season. Who who would have thought at twenty nine years old this man can win most improved player? Mm-hmm. Even though even though he's been a good player throughout his whole career, he just made he's really effective. Um, I think the most fancy points he's had this season, actually the most fancy points he's had this season is well, of course the first game where he had like what nine threes. Like dude was just hitting everything. Mm-hmm. Uh he he accumulated eighty one points in our league, probably accumulated close to eighty in other leagues like ESPN and Yahoo. Uh but it's like he's been consistent. He's been he's been consistently good putting up points. And I had nine points last night, nine actual points. Um twenty two twenty six points the night before, twenty two points the night before that, fourteen, twenty three, twenty three, fifteen, eighteen, twenty two, twenty four. 25 and 36 was the first night. But he's been getting on boards. Like he's had he has a he had a 15 uh rebound game, 12 rebound game, 10 rebound game, another to like he's been productive on the board, but productive on defense and also he's just been all around good and being a reliable player if you ha- if you have him on your fancy team. Uh, he he's been like really reliable. Really consistent. Like you can't you can't go wrong 
starting him, you know, in your ESPN lineup for a day. You can't go wrong picking a game for him in your sleeper lineup, or can't go wrong starting him in your in your Yahoo lineup. Like, there's no wrong you can do with him right now. Absolutely. Of course, John Morant. He's the number two point guard right now, um, as far as fantasy season season average scoring fantasy points per game. Bro, he's just been ridiculous this year. <laughs> 26.5 to 5 and 7, like, on 35 minutes. Um, I didn't even expect this for him. We mentioned last year, I know he was talking about job, was the fact that, like, he doesn't have those games where it's just, like, 70-piece, 80-piece, 90-piece. Like, just because we have higher elevated scoring in our sleeper leagues. So that's the reason why we have such, you know, higher performances. But... He's he hadn't given us that in a, on a consistent basis. This year, he's like, oh, at least on our, I'm gonna go based on our sleeper league. Eighty two against Cleveland, Cleveland opening night at the Clippers, fifty six at the Lakers, ninety five at Portland, forty six at Golden State, sixty eight, Miami, forty five, like Denver, sixty one. Denver, 44. His lowest average of the season was 19 fantasy points. But even in that game, he had 11.6 rebounds and four assists. And that was a down game for him. So, CZ might turn the show off if I don't mention Ja. If we don't mention Ja. So, definitely, I got to put him up there. Cole Anthony, too. Cole yeah, Anthony. has bought out. Lots of people, including me, thought he was going to be a six-man he hasn't been a six man dude, proving that he's gonna be a starter. And he put the Magic in a, in a tough position right now because, like, they just after Jalen Suggs, they got got Cole Anthony last year as a rookie. <laughs> RJ Hampton's coming along really well, and Markel Fultz might be the odd man out on that team. Yes, sir. Honorable mention as well: the number one shooting guard in fantasy, Demar Derozan. Been lighting it up. He's well, technically, he's the number four shooting guard, but as far as fantasy points per game, season average. He's uh, number one right now. He's been consistent as he can get for Bulls, but so has Levine been. And quietly, Lonzo is still like a top. Last time I checked, Lonzo was a top 15 point guard mm -hmm. um, so far this season. Definitely going to finish as a top 100 player. Um, I can't say that Dame is underperforming without mentioning that CJ is overperforming, um, at least to start the season. How you feel about CJ? Uh, I like CJ. Like, like you say, he's 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 overperforming, or maybe he's just living up to, to expectations. Um, yeah, it kind of makes sense when you look at it because, like, oh, well, Dame's not doing the work. Who who else gonna pick up the scoring slack? Like, right, Robert Covington. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it has to be CJ. Uh, well, Anthony Simons has balled out also in in a minutes he's gotten this season. Uh, yeah, for sure. You also got Nazir Little, who's getting more minutes now. Fancy wise, I don't know if he's been like really that good, but I know in game wise, he's made a good impact on the team. Um, but yes, he did. He's he's picked up that scoring slack that Dame has left uh, on the court this season. Two players I also want to mention: Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter. Both both on the same team. Both play low similar positions. I mean, Wendell Carter has moved over to the power forward spot, which. He's been wanting to play since he was on the Bulls. He he told the Bulls that he's a power forward, not a center, and has only been better since moving to power forward. He's a very impactful player, which is why I liked him so much last year. I'm like, you know, he he's a good player that can make impact. He might not get the stats, but he can like get the rebounds, get the blocks. Might not get all the points you want. Might not get the assists you want. But I'm like, he he can provide an impact on the court. And then Mo Bamba, 
the, this season, he's basically been more than a hit song this season. He's been a hit in fantasy. Like, that that person, like, you know, if you had a dynasty league in fantasy basketball, you drafted Mo Bamba in 2018, and you were like, oh, man, he's not getting no minutes. Let me cut him. Then last year, in the last season, he started to crank it up when Vucevic got traded, and now this mm-hmm. season cranking up. You probably feeling salty now because, like, oh, man, maybe I should just wait on uh, Mo Bamba to get his minutes. Since he got the minutes, he's been, he been performing really well. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not really surprised. Like, he has all the tools to perform where he can shoot the ball. He's a good rim protector, good rebounder. He he's a quicker center, so it's like he has all the tools to be a good fancy player and a player on the court. And I, I mean, both Wendell Carter and Mobamba has performed really well this season in fantasy. Totally agree with you, bro. Totally agree. Um, another honorable, well, two more honorable mentions that I have is uh, Martrez Harrell uh, from Washington. He's been having himself a good season uh, this year. Um, I didn't think that he would be a top. He's a top seven center right now, bro. Actually, top six. Um, as far as fantasy points um, this season, he has to get mentioned. And um, my Atlanta Hawks, John Collins has been playing. I said he's been overperforming, but with the adjustment that Trey's had to make, it's kind of the same situation that we felt with um, a little, at least how I feel for the Dame and CJ conversation. Like, well, Dame is struggling, then who else is going to pick up the slack? Well, it's like Trey's struggling. Well, who else is going to pick up the slack? It's not going to be Bogdanovich. Like, he's been cold this year um, to start it off. Kevin Hurd has been, you know, better in certain different spots. Hunter, to me, is, I'm happy that he's back. But John Collins, especially with Capella dealing with some injuries and everything to begin the season, John Collins has been um, as consistent as you can can get, he's he reminds me of players like uh, Rashawn Holmes if, in fantasy, like John Collins, Rashawn Holmes, like even Kuzma if you want to put him in this year. That players like in that power forward position that you might not have been expecting this much production out of them, especially if you chose somebody like a Porzingis or a Draymond. Like I know you wasn't expecting this type of production, especially since he got another chance in the league with Lamarcus Aldridge. Well, Marcus Austin been balling out too in the minutes that he's been getting um, for the Nets, being consistent. So in that power forward range, especially with Pascal coming back, it's a lot of like darlings out there, including um, Thaddeus Young. That should be getting some honorable mention love too. You got any honorable mentions? I mean, Kuzmania, of course. You, you said Kuzma. Not only too many honorable mentions, like too many that I can I could be like, oh man, like, I wouldn't expect him to do this coming into this season. Well, I I mean I guess Desmond Bain got me negative five points last night, but other than that, like he's been really consistent on fantasy. Uh what about Jalen Brunson? Yes. Waiver wire pickup. So for some reason he's in lots of people waiver wire, I I think. Mm-hmm. He definitely waiver wire pickup. Uh he should be starting for the rest of the season because it's good to have that other playmaker out, uh, outside of Luca on the court. Uh and uh, I think Jason Kidd has noticed that this season, and I mean he's now he's just now starting uh, for the Mavericks. I think Rob Williams has been been really good. Uh, not really surprised though. He's been he's that starting center, the Celtics' main starting center. So it's like he's gonna get the minutes, and what he does is very effective in fantasy because he he gets blocks, he gets putback points, he gets rebounds. He's a very effective center uh, when it comes to the the points and fantasy. So shout out to Robert Williams also. Like he he's he's been an overperforming player. That wraps it up for this segment of players that are overperforming and underperforming to start the season. Uh as we enter week four of the NBA season. Man, so we have a month to digest everything so far. 
It doesn't really feel like that. Like, it feels like way shorter. I've been loving basketball so much more. And this fantasy is only just helping me. Hopefully, you out there, audience that's listening, feel the same way when it comes to just loving fantasy basketball. And hopefully, it's starting to get some more recognition as it should. The last thing I say before we get to this next segment is that these underperforming players and overperforming players are going to change. Um, they're not, then nothing is set in stone. This is just up to this point in the season right now. So we put, yeah. we put, you know, parameters on that. This is just for right now in the season. I'm sure when we do this, um, in, in a few episodes, we'll, we'll have a new list of players on both sides. Um, some that might stay the same, some that might change. So we're going to put that out there too for you. Now, coming up next and last but not least is our waiver wire segment and we like to call this ride this wave and we'll give you players that you need to be targeting on your waiver wire and you know in all your leagues and formats it doesn't really matter um and shout out to all the platforms too now i'll start it off and then i'll give it to you and we can just go rapid fire just players will be thinking off the top of our heads that and based on our research that we feel like our perfect waiver wire ads this week I had to give it a little bit of time because DeAndre Ayton was dealing with some injuries and he still is. And I wanted to see how the Suns are going to manage um, their, their situation in their front court. I know JaVale McGee is starting, but Frank Kaminsky is getting the value uh, in the minutes when it really matters, it feels. I know last night was probably his best game of the season. He's getting 29 minutes a game, bro. That's right at the 30 piece. Averaging 14 points, uh, 1.43s made a game, 8.2 rebounds, two and a half assists, half a block and half a steal a game on the, on one turnover. He's my first waiver wire ad of of the week that you definitely need to, definitely need to target. Why? Because you need to be ahead of the curve and ahead of the wave. And Frank Kaminsky, he's somebody that you need to ride this wave on. Jalen, who you got? Uh, right this wave on Nels Noel. He's rostered in 60% of leagues around like fantasy basketball. And, you know, Mitchell Robinson, he's not the healthiest right now. You know, he, he does the, the little things, get blocks, get rebounds, put back points, catch lobs. Like, you know, he, he does all the things that you want a center, you know, a waiver wide pickup to do. Because, like, if he, if he could bring that to the team, then he's getting at least 20 points per night. In fantasy, right? Uh, no matter what league you're in, you know he he's only rostered six percent of leagues. That's mean forty percent of leagues around the world he's not rostered in. If he can get you that twenty fantasy points per night as a waiver wide pickup, then you know that's a W. If he can get you thirty points per night in waiver wide pickups, you know that's a W because I mean he's a waiver wide pickup. You know he is project. He wasn't supposed to be this good, and now you picked him up, and it's like oh, like yeah. Also, something I have in mind. You know, every waiver wire pickup ain't got to be long term. Some can be short term. Uh, for today, <laughs> just for tonight, or just for this week, or maybe for a couple of weeks. But yeah. that's a great point that you just pointed out because I think a lot of people out there think that just because I make a waiver wire pickup, then that means like I keep them on my roster all year. Like, nah, no. But uh, you, sometimes you just use them for what they're supposed to be used yeah, for. You, but you all got Nicholas Patoon who's rostered in forty four percent of leagues. Like Paul George has been this main and like only consistent, consistent player. But it's like you also got a uh, Batum who at times has had good games this season 
And it's like, you know, if if, if he's on a web ride pickup and you need, you know, about 15 points, Nicholas Batum can get that in uh, fantasy. Yeah. You know, he's... He's uh, he's one of the more boring fantasy players, and he, and he's one of the more boring f- players in the world in basketball, just because he isn't. He's never been flashy. More been a slow player. But mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, he he's a top. He he he's offered like top 100 players. He's a, like a top 100 player, if I'm not mistaken. Because uh, I read that I, I think I read that on NBA.com the other day. He's a he's a top 100 player. So it's like, you know, if you can pick that up, you know, he isn't going to get you 50 fantasy points. He might not get you 28, but, you know, if you down 15 points and you might need to pick up somebody and play on the game, Nicholas Batum could be a player. Like I say, he's only rostered in 44% of the league, so that means, dang, let me do the math, 56% of the leagues, he, he isn't rostered. I mean, it's more of a chance that he's on your waiver wire than not out there. Absolutely, bro. I got two for you, two for the people out there. And if they're still on your waiver wire, then consider yourself lucky. The first one, maybe not so much because he's kind of like a, he's not a sexy name, so he's not going to, he probably should be there. The first one I'm talking about is, look, the Sixers, they've just been stretched thinner than can be with all this uh, testing positive for COVID. And then you got the Ben Simmons uh, drama going on. Look. If we talked about last week, then I would have told you Shake Milton was the player that you should be targeting. This week, I I look at Tyrese Maxey as somebody that you know should be considering if he if he's still out there in your waiver wires. I should mention this guy just because he's going to be the unsexy pick and he's not going to probably get a lot of love or limelight. He's averaging a career high in minutes, twenty two point seven over his last over the first ten games of the season. And he's produced 11.9 points, two and a half threes a game, 2.6 rebounds, and 1.8 assists. So I know that his production is kind of like really spiked in the last couple of games because of um, jo- Joel Embiid's availability and everything. But the encouraging part is that he's been playing, I've seen him play on the floor with Joel Embiid. That gives me you know, a little bit to look at and say, okay, I'm happy to I'm happy to look at that in a positive light. Now, George's knee, uh, he's a player that I'm talking to. I know he can go back to a complimentary role, but just like Jalen said, if you need somebody just for like this week, especially with all this COVID stuff going on with the Sixers, consider him. And then the next person, oh, before I get to George's, they take on, Philly takes on New York, Milwaukee, Toronto, and Indiana this week. Those last two games, Toronto and Indiana, you already know what their front court situations look like. Miles Turner, Zabonis, and then their bench for Indiana, Toronto, with just a whole lot of players that look like they're the same players, like OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal, like <laughs> Boucher. Now, uh, the list can go on and on, but I'm less interested in those in that those matchups specifically for Georges. And then the last player, um, at least for right now, uh, Davion Mitchell. His schedule this week is going to be enticing. Phoenix, then you have first, and you have at OKC. I know the Tyrese Halliburton situation is like, we got to, I, I still want to exercise patience with him and everything because we have seen flashes this year. Um, he can make that second year jump. Like the Kings, I've watched a lot of Kings games this year, surprisingly, and they're funner than I think a lot of people give them credit for. And they're over 500, so it makes it even more fun to watch them. Davion Mitchell has carved out a meaningful role with this team already to being taken with the 9th overall pick. 
And I think what makes him be able to help extend his playing time is his, his work on the defensive end. And now that he's starting to show some type of uh, potential when it comes to offensively, when I say that, I'm mentioning the first nine games that he has, 10.6 points, 3.6 assists, and 2.2 rebounds um, in 27 minutes. That's looking like the more his usage increases, the more his minutes increases, I think he can be good. And he's posted double-digit points in three straight games on 50% shooting. Uh, I'm not sure how far he is rostered on each specific platform, but he, if he does happen to be unrostered in your platform, he's somebody that is a long-term player that I would look at to add on my waiver wire. Jalen, you got any more? Yes, and this one may shock you to see that he's more so on the waiver wire than on the waiver wire this season. Um, Cole Anthony, he's rostered in 47, rostered in, if I can find where he's at on this list for some reason. I don't know why. Do you think that's just, more so the magic fade or is it the Cole Anthony, like the unrealization I, that Cole Anthony is actually like taking that next step, it feels? I think it's the, uh, the unrealization that Cole Anthony is taking the next step and I think somewhat it is the magic fade. Like, like it's the magic, they suck. So we're not gonna watch. We're not gonna really keep that much track of them. Um, but he's he's rostered in forty seven point eight percent of leagues. That's what fifty three point two percent of of leagues that he's not rostered in. Fifty three point two percent of leagues. Maybe I said that. Maybe I said fifty two point three. Uh, I, I said one or two. But yeah, he's rostered in. He's not rostered in, in over fifty percent of leagues in a, in a um, in the fantasy basketball world. So it's like on your on your waiver wire if you're if you're in the league of fantasy basketball, he's definitely somebody. Next step of being that number one guy right now on the Magic. Don't know if he's going to be that in the future, but right now he's the number one guy, and he's he's looking looking really good, looking really improved. Um, as we said earlier. And I mean, if if he's on the waiver wire, you better even pick him up for somebody else does. <laughs> facts, it's absolute facts. So we ended up giving them as many waiver wire targets as we can hope for, and not just for this week, but this week and beyond. So as we segue, I think this is a perfect time for us to put a bookmark into the show. We send y'all off into your night, your evening, your afternoons, whenever you're listening to this podcast, and we want to thank you, the listener. Uh, none of this will be possible without you. Uh, um, listening, taking it all in, and we want to thank you. Um, and if you really like this episode and you like this podcast, filling FV hoops with myself, Moon Vibes, and Jalen, the journalist sitting next to me, make sure you hit the review button and submit a review. It's greatly appreciated, and it also helps for the expansion and the exposure of this podcast. And also. Real Ones Productions because they are our sponsors for this beautiful podcast and they help us make all of this possible. And so shout out to the guys, um, our Real Ones Productions family, of course. And um, for more of my co-hosts, check him out at Jalen underscore Antonio one on Twitter. That is Jalen underscore Antonio one on Twitter and connect with him, interact with Jalen, the journalist and for me, you can follow me at underscore super moon vibes on Twitter. That is underscore super moon vibes on Twitter. And I look forward to interacting with you all out there. Enjoy your day. Uh, stay wavy, like I always say. And this has been another presentation, the listen experience for the FV Hoops podcast featuring Moon Vibes and Jalen, the journalist.